Star Wars Tonight is brought to you by you, the fine folks supporting this program at patreon.com slash Report, and, of course, Tops. Make sure you check out their most high-end collectible yet. It's the Tops Star Wars Stellar Signature Edition. And don't forget to check out the Star Wars Card Trader app. Collect and trade cards from 1977 to The Last Jedi. It's available in the Android uh, Google Play Store as well as Apple. Let's do the show! Hey guys, welcome back. It is Star Wars Tonight. I'm your host, Riley Blanton. So glad you've joined us. Good evening to you guys joining us live and to everybody on the uh, on the podcast. We're here to have a good time and uh, talk some Star Wars. Some Star Wars. Now, it's a special occasion. It's episode 60 of the podcast. But also, it's an even specialer occasion because it's eight days until episode eight. Huh. Huh. Get it? It's like special. And then it's even specialer, specialer, because it's uh, Justin Robert Young joining us. Uh, how's it going, Justin? Oh man, I will tell you what, I'm I'm uh, I'm very excited. I'm very excited. I'm 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 uh, I'm already girding myself uh-huh. uh, for uh, the upcoming movie. Uh, not the least uh, of which because I uh, am going to uh, see a one o'clock in the morning showing. Um, uh, because I, uh, uh, unfortunately, previously uh, got tickets for a hockey game in uh, Vegas. <laughs> so I am really tempting fate here. Uh, uh, it, it will be a testament to Ryan Johnson's uh, Last Jedi if uh, if I can make it through. But I'm very excited. Oh, uh, see, that'll be interesting to get to get the 1 o'clock in the morning review. I feel like that's – you also – the other thing, this is Thursday night. Yeah. Okay. So you're in for a treat because there'll be a lot of the repeat viewers. So the people who went in at the seven o'clock showing stuck around, drank a bunch, and then went back in for round two. (laughs) Yes. No, that'll be true. That'll be true. Uh, uh, You know, I'll tell you what. um, I'm excited. I'm I'm thrilled for it. And uh, uh, I have I have more faith going into this one than I did going into the last one. Okay. Uh, The last one. You know, I, I you, know, you never know, right? You know, uh, and also I think it's uh, safe to say that in hindsight, episode seven had a lot to carry on its shoulders. Sure. When, when we now see a fuller scope of what a fully operational Star Wars battle station looks like for the Disney Corporation. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, because we've had the two films. We, of course, had The Force Awakens and Rogue One. And um, it's interesting because this one... I don't know why, but um, with Rogue One, I I went in with pretty decent expectations, and I liked the film overall, but um, there's something, I I think it's the potential for this one, all of the signs, and we've been talking about it here on the show, but all the signs that are pointing to a really good film. Like, it may not be, but man, it could be. Like the best Star Wars film yet, uh, and certainly well, the indications. Well, I mean, listen, there's there's an there's an argument to be made that this is the best director in his prime that has yeah. ever directed a Star Wars movie. Although, except for George Lucas, really. I mean, that would be. I mean, uh, I don't think anyone would make the argument that George Lucas was not in his prime while directing 1977 Star Wars, right? So, yeah. Uh, next to that, I guess. That is the all-time person in their prime directing a Star Wars movie, <laughs> but but second only to Lucas is is somebody with a track record 
Yeah. Like uh, like like Ryan Johnson. Has well, I mean, directing we'll, a movie like this. We'll get to uh, pretty soon now. Ryan Johnson will have directed more Star Wars films than George Lucas will have, which is kind of a weird thought for me. But like, there's there's a couple indicators that I actually want to touch base with you on, Justin, uh, that we're at right now. And of course, that's that's the indicator of Disney giving that new, the new trilogy to Ryan. And yeah. also the indicator of this being the longest Star Wars film to date at two and a half hours. Uh, someone's getting their Peter Jackson on. But now there's an additional indicator of this film. I pulled this from Mashable. Uh, Josh Dickey, who, who it, the headline of the story, it's a great, of course, it's a great eye-catching headline. But it's, uh, The Last Jedi will be the best-reviewed Star Wars film of all time. A bold proclamation from Mashable. So what does it have to be? So it has to beat Empire. I actually get the numbers here. Let's see. He's well. The all right. It has to be Empire, which is ninety four percent. Number two is The Force Awakens, actually, at ninety three, with The New Hope at ninety three. After that, Um, and those are also reconstructed. I mean, because we are are going, of course, off the the all knowing, all seeing tomatometer of Rotten Tomatoes. Yes. Uh, and, and, and those, whenever you're looking at old movies, you're finding, you know, oftentimes rewritten reviews, you know, uh, yeah. Star Wars famously was not very well reviewed. Yeah. No. And then it turned out to be kind of a thing. Uh, and then when it became a cultural phenomenon, everyone, uh, all these, all these critics decided <laughs> they wanted to start, uh, writing, uh, singing a different song. Yep. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but, uh, but he, the, the writer, uh, Josh breaks it down a little bit because, and I'm not going to read the whole article, but essentially his point, uh, comes down to a couple things. He, the, the, the aforementioned factors that I described, but those are kind of heuristics. That's not like any guarantee, but one final kind of piece of that puzzle comes and actually, I can't get into the details of it, but into an email I got. But it's it also oh. happens to be a bunch of press people got this email, and it's the review embargoes. The yeah. review embargoes, depending on how late in the week they release them, is often an indicator in how confident they are in the film. And they are turning those around first thing Tuesday morning. All the press screenings are happening like on Monday, and then there's the premiere of the Saturday, and they are re- opening up those reviews like opening of the business day on Tuesday. Uh, so they have, uh, they think they're going to get some good reviews is what it looks like. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, it does indicate faith. This is something that's happened quite a bit, actually, specifically in terms of the Marvel playbook, uh, uh, where they have opened up reviews almost immediately because, you know, uh, number one, uh, I, and this is just me speculating because I've never been a PR person for a major studio, but I would also suspect that a review embargo is only as good as, uh, you know, uh, you can enforce it and how much it works for you. You know, R- remember that it didn't do anybody any good to have Justice League embargoed yeah. in, in this day and age. Because it just means that there's a lot of other, a lot of these same reviewers are, you know, also right on blogs and are on Twitter and, and they can snark their way around the embargo. Right. Yeah, you know, you I, can... I saw a lot of that with Justice League of a lot of well, in, in the case of Justice League, I would see a lot of like it actually wasn't too bad uh, in all the Twitter reaction. I was like, oh, cool. And then when the actual reviews came out, they're like, yeah, no, it had a lot of problems. Yeah, yeah. I, and, and, and I think that that's just a, a that's not necessarily anything to do with, uh, you know, uh, anything really. It's just more the, the modern day that we live in. Yeah. For Star Wars, they are screening the movie very late. 
you know, traditionally, I mean, movies can screen up to three weeks a month, uh, oftentimes for some of these lower, these, these smaller movies when they want to get buzz going into festivals and stuff like that. They can screen a long time before they come out theatrically. So part of this for Star Wars, I wouldn't I actually wouldn't read a tremendous amount into it. Yeah. Just because it's Star Wars. Someone's gonna break the embargo. If they're screening it on Tuesday, they can't really wait much longer or Monday. They're they can't yeah. really wait much longer. True, true. Well, and it is like you say, it's like it's a small it's a small set of heuristics that we all kind of dare to hope, at least, at least when it comes to me. Um, but that's uh, that what kind of I mean, here's, it, here's what here's what I would say is uh-huh. the best heuristic. That the fact that apparently as it was reported this week that they literally don't have a plot outline for this Ryan Johnson uh, <laughs> new trilogy. That Ryan Johnson was just like, I don't know, maybe Star Wars and they were like, "Cool, here's money." <laughs> yeah, and I think that there's a there's that anxiousness to get away from the the constraints of telling a Skywalker only story. Um I mean, uh, this, I mean, that, that, the exasperated sigh, uh, yeah. you know, will, will, will uh, tell you my feelings on it. And, and honestly, I think it's what ultimately kind of hampered and for me sank Rogue One. You know, the fact that it needed to have these, these tie ins that yeah. I, I was so hoping we could get. It's like now, finally, when you have nothing but freedom and nothing but money and nothing but safety and nothing but security, just, Give me apocalypse now in space, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, instead of uh, having to have it be Star Tours. Yeah, there was a lot of moments like that in Rogue One. I like I say, I still like the film, but man, they're like he doesn't like you either. Or like the there's the there's yeah. the blue milk, eh? Eh? I know. Yeah. And oh. Zoom in on it and and linger on the shot just well, in case he didn't pick up that it was blue milk. And because uh, and listen, as the giant Star Wars nerd, like I I can I can eat all the, all of that cake and enjoy it, but it can it, it gets sickly sweet after a while. And so like, well, I mean, it, to me, it's just it's it it's it's like it comes at the at the expense of the other characters. Like I wanted to know. Like, yeah. why are we spending this time? And granted, these are cameos, and I don't think that it's a zero-sum game. Sure. You could have had a Star Wars movie that had both. But it's like a, a movie that spends its time giving me all this other uh, cruft uh, that, that refers back to these other movies um, or has uh, Darth Vader being uh, apparently the mediator as a middle manager at HR for the <laughs> Empire uh, instead of telling me, where was Jin Erso between her being a kid and uh, her on that prison trip? Here's a, and here's a good question: Like, why did Bodhi Rook defect? Like, that's a great yeah. part that was just kind of like, oh yeah, he defected, and like, well, no, just show me why. Because like the reasoning behind it's a really compelling story. You know, an engineer who wants kind of wants to help the world, and he realizes that he has his moment to decide what's right and wrong, and whether or not to help out Jin's father. None of which happens on screen, though. And so like. That's when, we, yeah. And so when we 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 face the um, the Last Jedi, and a different director, and this kind of confidence coming from Disney and Lucasfilm, and and what we've seen so far, you've all, you've said something a few times on a few different shows. I'd like you to expound upon a little bit, and that's sort of like, what is the potential? What is the ceiling? Is there a ceiling? What does a great Star Wars movie look like? Like a generational defining great film that just also happens to be Star Wars. I mean, infinite. Is there? I, I think we don't know. I, I, I honestly can't answer that question because it yeah. is unanswerable. I don't think financially we know. 
I, I, I don't think that uh, uh, culturally we, we really know what happens if there is a, a big, iconic, amazing moment that unfolds out of this movie or, or, or the, the, the J.J. Abrams number nine. You know, uh, I, I think what we'll see is, is, is exactly what it is. But I, I, I think that it's infinite. I mean, how could you – the reach on this is impossibly large. The last one was the highest grossing domestic movie of all time. I would suspect that this one might be the highest grossing worldwide if it's good because now there's more of a built-in yeah. uh, understanding of the IP around the world. And that's oftentimes what moves the needle in terms of international grows. So, <laughs> I mean, uh, there's, there is, there's nothing that you can, that you can say. I mean, and, and also now if, if you look at, at the shading of where we're going with these characters and now we are tightening the focus of our story to be about Ray and Kylo – I think there is a tremendous amount that you can do with that. You know, like those are, I think, pretty obviously the breakout stars of the yeah. cast. You know, Adam Driver has continued to do very, very good work uh, in and around Star Wars. I mean, you know, the, this you know, week, Ray Day was all over Twitter because Ray is looked at specifically in a post Wonder Woman kind of uh, environment as a strong female character that people really enjoy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, that's, that's the story we want to hear. And we want to see Ray seduced. We want to see mm -hmm. Kylo remorseful. Like this is exciting. Well, and that's sort of the, um, that's the beauty. That's what I think the greatest strength of what the force awakens set up is the, the questions, uh, the questions it posed, like, uh, who are Ray's parents? Where's her, where did her family come from? You know, who is Snoke? Like these these questions of the villains and and the and the heroes are, are were great because we found out a lot about these characters without a sort of just I don't know a, a tributary uh, glance at their background and like oh that's who they are. No, there's some really but, genuine things that I want to know. But you want to know what? Beyond, I think that there is oftentimes a confusion of story and mythology. And if Snoke is just a big fat lizard man, <laughs> and Ray's parents are, you know, just uh, uh, Jack and and, uh, and you know Alice Sand person, yeah, right. Uncle uh, Owen side chick, uh. <laughs> exactly. Like if, if if that's the case, and we get a great story of somebody who has found themselves in the middle of this intergalactic drama, uh, uh, people who now, two people who now realize that they are the pieces. It's not Luke. It's them that will move this, this uh, longstanding conflict to another phase. Then I'm fine with it because that's the story. Yeah. The story is what our characters do. It's not whether or not Snoke is Mace Windu or, or Ray's parents are, Obi-Wan Kenobi and, and uh, you know, uh, Daxter Jester. <laughs> fair. Fair point. Fair point. All right, I got to take a brief time out and uh, thank the folks who are actually sponsoring this episode. And that's Tops. Uh, you guys know him. You love him. Tops is supporting Star Wars tonight. And we do thank him for doing it. They've got this really cool 110 baseline story deck of cards you can get. It's the Journey to the Last Jedi. They've got character cards, illustrated cards, and of course those sweet, sweet autographs. And actually, we'll be we'll be talking about it more next week as the film comes out. But they'll be releasing a full set of trading cards 
based on the film once the movie's actually out and they can talk about these characters more. Uh, and also, don't forget to check out the Star Wars Card Trader app. It's from Tops. You can collect and trade cards digitally in that galaxy far, far away. Make sure you check it out. Open it every day for free packs of cards and you can collect and trade with your friends it's available right now in the android app store and of course google play and of course itunes so uh, we do appreciate tops for supporting star wars tonight make sure you check them out um i wanted to talk about one other thing that kind of came up a little bit uh from all this they they had the big uh, the press all the important people aka not riley we're out in la (laughs) (laughs) we're out in la over the weekend at this big press event that they launched where that's where all these interviews are coming out now and we're getting to learn more and more tidbits and then they're just in japan yesterday listen the 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 kind of effort that goes into a giant press tour like this just blows my mind but they just screened the first 13 minutes of the film and evidently uh according to ign Quote, the opening scene is a real rush. The film kicks into bombastic action fast. Some humor, too. Uh, and it is evidently a whirlwind tone for the movie. So I when I when I read that, it just mm, it makes me. It, well, I mean, it kind of reminds me of A New Hope because Empire Strikes Back kind of starts off a little slow. I'm not going to lie. With A New Hope, it's just like, bam, you get right into the action scene. There's the villain. There's a gunfight. Uh, and I, that's kind of my style, and that is a very Star Warsy thing to like s- launch with that huge uh, opening number of sorts. Well, but also, so you would make the argument that that it does start off a little slow, but Empire has kind of like a whole movie in the first thirty minutes. True, right? Like uh, there, there are different. I think less ambitious. To be honest, the, the the decision to make Empire as jam-packed as it is, I think very much to this day defines Star Wars for us. Yeah. Because it was another – it was like the textbook example of bigger, badder, better. Um, you know, I, 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 I think that there's a lot of onus on this one to be pulse-pounding uh, yeah. because J.J., if no matter what criticism you might have – of Force Awakens, there is no argument that it is that it is constantly putting characters you love through heart racing scenes. Yeah, you know, uh, and it does its job to cement both of those. I mean, yeah, you know, that, that opening scene with the uh, you know Kylo coming down and, and trying to get the plans is great. It's yeah. awesome, kind of. Uh, uh, you know, Star Wars sort of iconography. So yeah. I would expect this uh, to be uh, that as well. You know, we're going to see how well Ryan Johnson can direct this kind of action because uh, this will probably be the most constrained that we have ever seen him uh, because he's never had these kinds of stakes on his work before. Yeah. Um, but still, it's constrained in a universe where you can literally go anywhere and you have a budget of approximately a billion dollars so yeah well and the other thing is it's the the han solo shaped hole in this movie i think will be felt because and again this is just riley's opinion but uh Uh, harrison ford carries the force awakens like the how well again this goes to the strength of jj abrams writing but how well jj wrote a uh uh a han solo who's no longer this sort of cocky carefree you know, a smuggler, uh, gentleman rogue. He's now this sort of broken 
smuggler who's lost everything and he's picking up the pieces of what life's forcing on him again. You know, he's kind of back to the, you know, there's the greatest, it's meant kind of to be funny, the exchange between him and, you know, the, the Zaguavian death gang and, and, and Kenja yeah. club. But there's a brief line in there that always jumped out to me a lot. And that was, um, uh, in my best Scottish accent, there's nowhere in the galaxy for you to swindle. And yeah. to be honest, like that's a poignant thing. Like there isn't like he's out of options and it just he dies. Like that's um that's a powerful story and that that's the thread of the film really is Han Solo's journey and how that you know interacts with of course the heroes of the story. I would actually I would actually disagree because I don't necessarily think that it is Han Solo's that it is Han Solo's movie. In fact, I kind of very often found myself uh, wanting grandma and grandpa to get off the stage uh, because <laughs> I was so much more in love with the new characters. Not to say that they did a bad job and Carrie Fisher, God rest her soul, is a national treasure and I hope that we get a very, very good Carrie Fisher performance in this movie as well. But uh, to me, the, the movie was about all the new people that I met and, and, and that's what I'm most excited about. I am most excited about the fact that all the art is Ray, Kylo, Kylo, Ray. Kylo yeah. is uh, uh, feeling broken and, and we who knows in the machinations of the story possibly betrayed ray is feeling adrift because obviously things don't go off swimmingly with her and luke like this is great these are large easy to understand character motivations that can go in a million different places because now we as audience members are left to ask at the end of this movie where on the chessboard will both of these pieces be mm-hmm. and listen uh Ray said, "I thought he was a myth, and she may have. She may end up wishing that was state the case." <laughs> oh yeah. man! Uh, seriously, Justin, my friend, we've just we've just uh, kicked in a cool twenty minutes here. Another episode of Star Wars tonight is well in the can. Um, we're doing this every night, every weeknight, eight o'clock Eastern Standard Time, at uh, the Elite Geek Facebook page, and of course across the podcast platforms. And there are video clips floating around on all kinds of stuff. So make sure you subscribe and count down these final eight days until The Last Jedi hits theaters. Uh, Justin, tell everybody uh, what you're up to these days and where they can find you online. Oh, well, you know, I'm always uh, live streaming right there on twitch.tv slash Justin R. Young, uh, mostly talking either politics or oftentimes uh, wrestling and storytelling, all sorts of stuff. Just go ahead and find me, twitch.tv slash Justin R. Young, or on Twitter, twitter.com slash justin r young as well perfect perfect and as a as a as a podcaster of sorts uh, i'm going to toss out a, a recommendation for the um the weird things and after things podcast go check those out they're a lot of fun uh, i think you guys oh, would be, uh, thank you. you guys would be into it but also uh subscribe to the show here of course the, uh, those itunes ratings interviews always help us out and of course everyone supporting us at patreon you can do so and catch the friday edition of the podcast on patreon patreon.com slash star wars Report. Uh, follow us at Star Wars Tonight, and you can follow Justin at Justin R Young. I'm uh, I'm also on Twitter. It's at the Riley Guy. Uh, until tomorrow, I'll see you tonight. Tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. Night. Some, something like that. <laughs> see you guys. <laughs>